Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Prop Drop presented by WinBet. Don't forget to download the WinBet app today. Take advantage of our promo code 444 and receive a risk-free $1,000 bet over at Win. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined by always by my two favorite fellow Prop DGens. First, uh, my favorite underling is Connor Allen. What's going on, Connor? Um, you know, not much. It, it, it's a good week to be great. You know, that's all I got to say. It, it's a good time to be great. <laughs> it's always good to be great. Uh, also joining us as always in this space, my man, Prop Stars, Alex. What's, what's good? What's good, Ryan? What's good, Connor? It's Friday. I like this slate. I'm excited. I found some some props that I'm really digging. I'm ready to chop it up. It's good. I got the green hoodie on in, uh, you know, for trips to the garden, you know, so just get us in the right mindset. So we're we're locked in and, and ready to, to pick some winners this week. Uh, I'm ready to do this. So we appreciate it when you're hanging out with us, uh, wherever you are, listening, watching, subscribe so you don't miss a show. We have two shows a week here on Move the Line, both available on our YouTube page and in podcast form as well. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. On Wednesdays, Connor and I bring on a guest from around the industry uh, to go game by game. This is obviously the prop show. We're getting our hands in the dirt from a prop standpoint. We're going to go around the horn, share four props each, and then it's your turn. We want to take your questions, uh, anything you're sitting on the fence about uh, perhaps we've moved the number live in show and you want to get some feedback on whether or not to hit it. We would love to take your questions. So jump in the chat and fire away. We will get to as many as we can. Typically we get to all of them uh, before the end of the show. And then uh, producer Sal will keep us going with our prop tool pick of the week. He's continuing to fire off winners for us as well. We should all be tailing those. Uh, We absolutely love that part too. So, uh, Let's get to it, gentlemen. Um, good week last week, and uh, let's continue to build on it. Connor, get us started, man. Let's jump right in. What is your uh, your first one? Yeah, my first bet is uh, Rashad Bateman over 37 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I mean, I was a bit surprised to see this, considering he's seen six or more targets in all of his games since he started. Um, he's gone over 37 and a half receiving yards in three of his three straight games, uh, and now matches up against a pretty unimposing uh, Bears secondary. We have Bateman projected for 55 receiving yards. Uh, I'd play this up to like 40. I just think that this is like this line should be like 45. Uh, if he's going to see five, six targets, there's no reason to think that he shouldn't be getting, you know, 40, 45 receiving yards at least. So I think 37 and a half is a bit disrespectful, to be honest, for a guy like Bateman. So I like the over here. Yeah, I tailed you on that one too. I like that quite a bit. You're right on that. It was on my list of ones to watch for this week. We basically saw very little Sammy Watkins last week. Uh, so he. Even though he was back, there was a little bit of trepidation. Is he going to come in and kind of steal that role? And Bateman seems to be the clear number two there in that offense. So lots of questions on the defensive side for the Bears. So pretty nice spot. I think wheels up for for the uh, the Ravens here. So uh, I like that quite a bit. My first one's in the same game. I got Justin Fields over 34 and a half rushing yards. You know, this has obviously climbed over the last couple of weeks. You know, we were getting it in the the low 20s for a little bit, but I feel pretty good about it still. Um, last time we saw him, it was hard to not feel that we were watching him really like grow and gain confidence live in real time, which is absolutely love to see. And then obviously we know historically young quarterbacks coming back after the bye. You feel like he's going to be building on that as well. And the Ravens are a difficult matchup, but I think there are some things here that line up for a good spot for, for Fields. The Ravens blitz a ton, which is going to naturally increase the scramble rate four fields but more importantly they pay they play man a ton they play man at the third highest rate in the league and we typically don't see that a lot against rushing quarterbacks and it just makes sense right where they turn their back to the quarterback it creates more you know running lanes for him to scramble to get big plays and he's topped this mark in four straight games he's averaged eight attempts over those last four games so i think as a six-point dog they're going to really have to lean on him to get creative here. So 34 and a half is about seven yards short of our projection for him. And I think our projection is even a little light. So again, if he's going to get eight to 10 attempts, I think we get to 34 and a half. I wouldn't say comfortably, but I think we end up in the forties here. So give me over on 34 and a half for fields. Uh, Alex, your turn, man. Kick us off. What is your first bet of the week? Yeah, my first one is a little bit of a Connor Allen special. I'm going Randall Cobb under three and a half receptions. I saw this at minus 140, a bit juicy, but I think it is worth the squeeze in this particular instance. Yeah, Cobb has had 
Caught four catches in only one of 10 games this season. That's a 90% hit rate on the under. He's eclipsed five targets in only one game this season. Uh, even with Lazard out or when Devontae Adams was out in week eight, the targets have not trickled down or been dispersed to Cobb when other receivers are out in Green Bay's offense. Uh, yeah, Cobb also hasn't exceeded 50 snaps in a game this season. In the game that Lazard and Adams missed, which was week eight, uh, both Juwan Winfrey and Equiminius St. Brown both outsnapped Cobb in that game pretty significantly, too. Uh, yeah, the Packers rank 28th in situation neutral pace and don't tend to be aggressively pass happy. Uh, the Packers like to play slow. They just don't run a lot of plays. Uh, yeah, I also think Cobb just looks a little bit a step slow. Uh, he may have Rodgers trust, but there is just no reason or data to expect his snap can't or target share to increase, uh, especially in a neutral game environment, and especially, uh, you know, with Lazard out of the lineup. Uh, Minnesota ranks eighth in defensive passing DVOA. They've been really tough on opposing wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fading uh, the veteran slot receiver. I think four catches is just a huge ask for him uh, with his role, uh, target share, and snap count in this offense. I like it. Make a good case there. Nine out of ten. Pretty could have stopped there. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit too high for Cobb. I think we're overrating him with some of the injuries there in the lineup. Uh, Connor, number two. Yeah, my second bet uh, of the week is Zach Pascal under thirty-four and a half receiving yards or thirty-one and a half now at this point. Uh, last week we were actually on this number in our four-four Discord at forty. I think it's worth playing again at thirty-four and a half after he caught just two passes on two targets for nine yards. Um, the Colts now match up against the Bills, number one in pass defense DVOA, number one in explosive pass rate on the season. And they've allowed the fewest receiving yards to opposing wideouts this year by a good margin. Uh, T.Y. Hilton returned last week but only played about 60% of the snaps, uh, yet still out-targeted Pascal 5-2. to two. Um, I'm one of the people who believes that targets are generally earned and not just like given by playing. So if T.Y. Hilton is coming out there playing only 60% of the snaps and earning five targets, um, I think that, you know, he, another week back removed from his injury, I think he's probably going to be playing a little bit more and also continuing to out-target a guy like Pascal. So uh, Pascal still played a bunch, but he wasn't seeing targets. So for me, in this spot, that's way tougher with probably decreased snaps. I think we're probably seeing him in like the two to three target range again. Uh, and so going over 30 yards is, I mean, he has to catch a big one for that to happen. So, you know, barring something like that happening, I like the under here a lot, and I would play this down to 30 receiving yards. We projected at 25, and I still think that's honestly a bit too high. Like a different way to bet against uh, the the Bills defense, right? We've been, you know, often targeting quarterback unders the last few weeks. This is kind of a, a different way to do it. So Pascal's been a guy that's like when he gets there, he gets there by a yard or yeah. you know, not much. So like yeah, it's it's it makes sense the T Y the, the Wentz under was just too low already. I mean it was like at like two twenty two so right now. Uh, I mean Wentz has like been good enough and that the that the Colts have shown enough game planning that, you know, I think there's potential that he could be okay in this game and probably wind up like right in that range. So for me, he's not bad enough to consider taking the under at like a low number, like 220. Yeah. Yeah. Good call there. Uh, next one. This is probably my favorite on the board, to be honest. Uh, this is just way too low and I'm surprised it's hung out there. It's Joe Burrow over 268 passing yards. This is available on DraftKings at minus 115. Obviously, off-the-field stuff for the Raiders has been an issue for the last couple of weeks, and it started to trickle down uh, onto the field. And I think we've seen this with the Raiders the last few years, right? Like, they get off to this surprisingly hot start. We're all kind of caught off guard, and then they just slowly melt into who we thought they were going to be come November, December. And maybe we're at that time of year, but uh, no team in the league has allowed a higher EPA per drop back over the past three weeks. Um, they have allowed the fifth highest rate of explosive pass plays during the same time frame. And the Bengals have also shifted dramatically from kind of a run heavy early into a neutral pass, uh, pass rate over expectation team to the fifth highest pass rate over expectation over the last month, which you absolutely love to see, which makes sense when you look at the weapons that they have. Like, why wouldn't you just be passing all the time? Uh, and, you know, these guys are all healthy. They're all, you know, young, talented guys. And we're seeing them start to lean on that, too. Um, point spreads kind of oscillating back and forth between a pick and one point. So that tells us that we're expecting a game that would stay neutral from a pass standpoint. We shouldn't get into like this really run heavy script in the second half, per se. So that makes us that makes me feel encouraged here, too. So uh, rested, recharged after the 
the bye week after losing two straight. I think this is a really nice bounce back spot, pretty soft landing spot for the passing game for the Bengals. Um, over 268 and a half for Burrow. Absolutely love this play. So one of my favorites on the board this week. Uh, Proppy, number two, buddy. What's next? Yeah, I like that a lot as well, Ryan. So, yeah, my next one is a fun one. It is Debo Samuel, longest reception over 24 and a half yards. Uh, yeah, Debo has been phenomenal this season. He has hit this prop in eight of nine games, including six straight. Um, he is first among full-time players in yards per route run. Uh, yeah, he just to give you an idea of how excellent he has been this season. The Jaguars, on the other hand, have allowed at least one 25-yard catch in all nine games this season and a total of 16 um over those nine games, Jacksonville ranks 31st in defensive passing DVOA. They give up the third most production to opposing number one receivers as well. Uh, the Jags are giving up 7.6 yards per attempt, 10.6 yards per completion. They're going to have a very hard time stopping what's been a pretty explosive 49ers offense now that Kittle and Ayuk are fully healthy. I actually prefer this prop to Debo's yardage prop, uh, mainly because I think the 49ers will need – Will not, they will not need to throw the ball a lot to beat this Jacksonville team, uh, but I do expect them to chunk all day long against this defense. I think it's also worth noting Elijah Mitchell, who obviously the 49ers leading rusher is doubtful. Uh, that put, may put a little more emphasis on San Francisco's passing game. Yeah, Debo has just been a big play waiting to happen. Uh, he's fairly healthy. Uh, he's been practicing all week. I think he's a great bet to go over a 25-yard reception at least one time this game. I love it. It's kind of, you know, not one we typically get into. So uh, even even a little sexier than normal. Debo has been unbelievable, dude, and, and made the good case there too. Yak monster. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Take a look at that one too. Uh, all right, that we're uh, halfway home. Front nine done. Turning the corner here. Uh, don't forget, drop some uh, <laughs> success for us. Um, drop some questions. We have some Twitter questions to get to. But if you're hanging out with us in the chat, don't be afraid to fire off some stuff, and uh, we will get there sooner than later. Connor, uh, tee off from number 10. Where are we at, buddy? Yeah, I know you like this one as well. So Cole Beasley under 46 and a half receiving yards. Um, I think that this is a good, like, 5 to 10 yards too high. Um, you know, last week we saw Beasley play only nine snaps due to rib injury. He was, like, the fifth wideout that rotated into the Bills. And then this week, you know, um, and a lot of that had to do with a rib injury. And now this week, he still today was in a non-contact jersey in practice. Um, and he's not even like he's like barely limited. You know, he's just getting like work on on his own, like on the side. So you're looking at a guy that they're probably not going to be using a ton um, going forward, at least like right now until his rib is healed. And so, um, you know, if he's even if he sees a little bit more work, like I can't imagine that he's going to be featured very heavily. So uh, I like the under here at 46 and a half. We have projected for 30 and I think I would play this probably down to 40 to be honest. Yeah. So I gave, I'll give you a little inside baseball here. I had Beasley on the sheet for the show. I had the Beasley bet in the book. I hadn't clicked it yet. I was on Twitter I searched Cole Beasley. I was just making sure, like, you know, I'm just looking at stuff just to make sure there's nothing that I'm missing here because it looked way off. And then I get the notification that you had put it in the uh, in our chat. And I'm like, all right, well, yep, uh, that's, you know, some validation. I'll take it off the sheets. Uh, it's no longer mine, but I'm betting it. And it is uh, Connor's, and I'm aligned on the Beasley thing for sure. So uh, definitely definitely with you on that one. I think it's a good, a good play. Um, so that is a good transition because I am tailing our uh, Sam Hop in here, our data analytics manager for the 4 for 4 and Betsperts team. He is uh, the brains behind our prop tool, also writes a weekly prop article for us at 4 for 4 each week. Uh, he and I were talking about this play earlier today, and it is Adam Troutman over 25 and a half receiving yards. I uh, like this one quite a bit. Targeting tight ends against the Eagles is something we want to do whenever we can. They are dead last in DVOA against the position. They've allowed 74 receiving yards per game to the tight end position. That is a crap ton of receiving yards to tight ends. They are talked about it a lot here. They are pretty predictable as far as the defensive scheme. They play a lot of stuff that leaves the middle of the field wide open, a lot of deep cover two stuff too, which is kind of why we like to target running backs and tight ends against them. And uh, Troutman has seen six targets in each of the past three games with Trevor Simeon under center. He's hit this mark in four of the past five games. Now we got Kamara out. So, again, less 
competition in the passing game here. Uh, that does not hurt. It's not a sexy play. 25 and a half yards on a tight end that uh, you know was running about 60% of the the you know routes on uh, snaps this week. But 25 and a half is not a, a high bar to cross. So Troutman over 25 and a half minus 115 on DraftKings. I will take it. Uh, prop stars number three. Number three, indeed. Yeah, I'm sticking with the tight end position. Our loyal listeners of this show will recognize that we tend to ride a player's train for, like, it seems like four weeks at a time, and then we move on to another player. So, yeah, it was Pittman earlier in the season. Now it's become Pat Fryermuth. I am rolling with this guy again. Over three and a half receptions. Found this at minus 110 on MGM. Uh, yeah, Fryermuth has been excellent this season. He's run a route on 76% of his dropbacks, 22% target share this season. Uh, he's had at least four receptions in four straight games while averaging 7.25 targets per game. He played 54 snaps last week compared to Ebron, who played 29 snaps. Uh, there was, you know, some questions coming into the week. Uh, how much would Ebron or would he potentially limit some of uh, Friar Moose snaps? That was not the case whatsoever. He did not really eat into his target share either. Ebron finished with two targets on the week. Uh, this is also a very good matchup. The Chargers rank 30th in DVOA to the tight end position. Uh, through nine games, they've allowed 46 receptions, 590 yards. Uh, we saw Mason Rudolph uh, target Fryermuth a lot last week. So, yeah, even in the event that Ben doesn't make it through the COVID clearance, I'm still comfortable uh, with this prop at this number. I do think it seems likely, at least the, the latest port reports have suggested, that Big Ben is going to try and play. Uh, yeah, if Big Ben does play, I like this even more. He has great chemistry with Fryermuth. Uh, yeah, uh, Fryermuth leads all Steelers players in PFF grade. Uh, he's the sixth highest uh, rated tight end. Uh, I'm just buying into these Heath Miller comps. They are super real. Uh, Big Ben looks to Fryermuth in big moments. Um, I was surprised, actually, this wasn't set at 4.5, and especially uh, not having it being too steamed up as well. So, yeah, I absolutely love Pat Fryermuth again in a very, very uh, generous matchup against the Chargers over three and a half receptions. Yep, Chargers 30th in DVOA to the tight end position. So really nice spot again for, for Fryermuth. Good spot to redeem himself after that late fumble that uh, pissed away in a ten, you know, potential winning field goal there. What an abysmal 10 minutes of football that we were subjected to there with the uh, the Lions and, and Steelers last week. It was gross. So Boston, my Deontay Johnson bet too. Oh, uh, yeah, it was just uh, – we needed that overtime to hit the Firemuth one. So, yeah, the, the yeah. fumble sucked, but I was happy to get the the overtime because I thought we were dead on it. I know. And that's, I know our, our group was on it too. So, you know, it was, you, you give and you take. But you know, I, I did a little bit of giving uh, last week, and, <laughs> you know, it, it's all right. It's all right. We'll make it did back. Not, he did not, uh, did not tail us there on the Firemuth, so he was, he, was, uh, he was hurting. It hurt him. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Sorry, Come take us home, buddy. Uh, yeah, oh, we got, we got a comment here. Connor sipping a high Noonan, which is great. It's, I'm drinking a high Noonan. That's, that's, that's pretty clever, Patrick. I like that. Uh, that's, that's funny. Uh, my, my last one uh, is Darren Waller under 71 and a half receiving yards. You can find this at, at most shops right now. I know that this is a, a little bit tough for some people to swallow with how good Darren Waller has been in his career so far. But uh, he's gone under this number in seven of nine games this season and seven of eight games since his week one explosion. Uh, our projections have him at 55 receiving yards, and the Bengals have allowed just the eight fewest yards to opposing tight ends, ranked ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to versus the position. Uh, I mean, I think this number should be closer to like 65, uh, you know, in the low 60s, to be honest. And I get that maybe this could be a back-and-forth game, but even then, like, it would take, you know, a, a big reversion of what we've seen, uh, you know, lately from Waller to kind of hit the over here. Yeah, the Bengals have probably one of the most underrated at least safety groups in the league. So like, I, you know, it's a nice, that's a nice matchup uh, defensively to, to slow them down there. So more and more I'm getting into that one. I'm considering a play on the Bengals this week, but uh, it's been a light sides week for me too. And uh, especially after some of these just bloodbaths, uh, just double digit favorites, just losing outrights uh, prop heavy week for me too. I think I made one play uh, on a side this week. So yeah, your, your closing line value checks were not uh, cashing. The bank was rejecting them, you know, after Listen, the last you few weeks. Son of a bit. You always, <laughs> you, 
You always want closing lines. You always. Uh, uh, what was your one play this week? If out of curiosity, can you reveal that to us, Ryan? Uh, a side. What did I play as a side? Um, I played Carolina earlier today. Uh, okay. Carolina, I'm. Uh, I have three total bets. One of them is an under team total on the Washington football team. Uh, yeah, it's not even a cam thing. It's mostly Super just a. Cam, baby. It's mostly just a. Uh, the football team's beat up and. I think there was a Super Bowl last week, and yeah, there's a there's a lot to like there. I think on uh, Carolina side, defensively they've just been they're good. They could take out, uh, they can get a ton of pressure. They could take out a dude like McLaurin. So, uh, yeah, all right. Last one for me here is uh, you know I, I just dropped Troutman. I think that's probably Troutman's first appearance on the show. I'm fairly confident that this is Byron Pringle's first appearance on the show. Definitely. Give me Byron Pringle over 28 and a half receiving yards. Again, minus 115 on DraftKings. Just one week of sample, but it was a noticeable shift in how the Chiefs used their secondary receivers last week. McCole Harmon, not benched, but definitely relegated to a complimentary role. Um, It was basically Pringle in two receiver sets. He ran around on 65% of the Chiefs' dropbacks last week against Vegas. Harmon ran around on just 33% of the snaps. That is a significant shift from a season high rate of uh, Hartman's typically 63% of the season. So 33% massive drop off there. And Pringle delivered, uh, caught four of his five targets, 46 yards in the score. That was in a spot where that game was basically over early in the third quarter. Now we're in a spot where we got a 57-point total, less than three-point spread. We're expecting fireworks back and forth in this game. Seems unlikely that uh, – we're going to have a spot where someone gets out of control here and, and runs away with it. And Pringle's a, a dude with a 14 yard average depth of target. So even if he happens to slide back into like the 35, 40% range snap wise, he still can get there on two catches. Like this is a very, very low spot here. I expect we see, uh, you know, they're spending a ton of time with Diggs taking out Tyreek or at least trying to, you know, bracketing him. You're going to see a lot of man coverage one-on-one for Pringle. And uh, I think that there's something to this. Um, he is a guy that I think the coaching staff trusts, plays a lot of special teams. They get him in on punt returns occasionally when, you know, Hardman muffs one every third game. So I like Pringle. Low, low threshold again, 20 and a half yards in a game that I think is going to be pretty high scoring. So I think he maybe starts to get a little steam at DFS too. So Pringle over 20 and a half yards, uh, pretty low threshold. Uh, Alex, take us home. Yeah, I like the Pringle spot quite a bit. I think the verdict is out regarding McColl Hardman experiment it has been largely a failure. We've just seen him be ineffective. I, I agree. I think that shift has been uh, – it should have happened a few weeks ago. I anticipate I that, yeah, continuing to happen and Pringle continuing to uh, kind of – his role to expand in the Chiefs offense. So, yeah, I really like that quite a bit. Uh, my last prop and my favorite prop that I have given out maybe today uh, – I'm going to actually make this a 1.5 unit play as well. That is Nick Chubb over 82 and a half rushing yards. Just a complete head scratcher. Why this number continues to open in the low 80s. Uh, Chubb has just been phenomenal this season. Uh, He has cleared this in six of seven games. He's averaging 103 rushing yards per game. Uh, Chubb ranks second in the NFL in next-gen success rate fourth in breakaway percentage, first in elusive rating. This guy is just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, Detroit ranks 29th in rushing DVOA. Teams are running the ball 31.1 times per game versus the Lions. It's the second most attempts per game in the NFL. Uh, Detroit's allowing 135.7 rushing yards per game, the third most in the NFL. Uh, the Browns have the third best run blocking line, according to PFF. This just seems like an absolute smash spot for Chubb. I am just puzzled why this line did not open in the mid to low 90s. Um, yeah, the the the. the uh, also, Anthony Schwartz, I believe, was ruled out. Uh, Donovan People Jones is also questionable. Uh, there are just very few healthy bodies in that Cleveland wide receiver group. I just think Chubb is going to get 18 to 22 carries and just run roughshod over a completely overmatched Lions defense. So, yeah, I absolutely love this prop. Nick Chubb over 82 and a half rushing yards, 1.5 unit play. Love it. I. 
hit this too in our Discord. I, I probably this is the the main one that I was looking for all week just to refresh, just to see like, is it going to open in the eighties? Is it going to open in the eighties? Um, Cause they just keep doing it. But you know, even if it was like 88, 89 um, Edward wants to know um, what would we take it up to? He's seeing it at 84 point five at one fourteen. Our projections are a tad over hundred yards, but again, like to Alex's point, we they're going to run. They are 12 and a half point favorites at home. We're dealing with a little bit of weather here. We might have like mid-teens wind and a little bit of light rain. We got Tim Boyle quarterbacking the Lions on the other side. Like, it, I mean, I don't know. I would take it comfortably anywhere up to up to 90. Pro, like, what do you think, Alex? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Ryan. I mean, if this game gets out of hand, it's because Chubb has just run all over uh, the Lions. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with this well up to probably 91, 92. I also have him projected for over 100 yards. Uh, the only reason I see him not just even eclipsing that number is a scenario where uh, the Browns are up three touchdowns in the third quarter and decide to, you know, uh, play Dernus Johnson more. But, yeah, Chubb is going to run all over this Lions team. No team likes to run the ball more than Cleveland does as well. That is their formula for success. Take the ball out of Baker's hands. Um, yeah, this is just an amazing spot. And yeah, Chubb is frankly probably the best running back in football, the best pure runner right now in the NFL. So yeah, very comfortable playing this um, into the upper 80s, lower 90s even. We have Chubb at 100 yards, and that's with Dearness Johnson projected for 10 carries. So like he's still... We're still getting there with Chubb. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's a, a lovely, lovely, lovely play. And eventually at some point they will, you know, start to raise this one. But, like, man, this you would think this would be the spot, right? Like Detroit? Like what, what are we dealing with here? So, yeah, I I love it. Uh, Hot take. I think, you know, Tim Boyle is going to wind up being better than Jared Goff here. How about that? He might have bigger hands. I was surprised Tim Boyle didn't end up on, uh, I guess his his yards is only uh, like 180, right? It's like 180. I mean, like, I I couldn't do it. I mean, yeah, he was. Some of the projections I have access to had him up to like 250 or projecting him up to 250, which I found funny. But obviously. Yeah, I know. I think if I had more confidence in Cleveland, uh, I mean, they're good, but I don't know. Banged up and yeah. Yeah. We got t- uh, we got Boyle for two twenty four. So yeah, yeah. It's probably. I mean, two hundred. I'd play the under, but like one eighty. I mean, one eighty is low. Yeah, yeah. And how much? Uh, it's not like you know you can play a lot worse than what we've seen out of Jared Goff. So yeah, yeah. digging and dunking. I mean, he, he could probably just Tim Boyle could just throw to like Swift every play and probably get one hundred eighty. Like <laughs> the thing is, though, is that you saw last week. That during the during the the bye week, that Dan Campbell took over play calling for Anthony Lynn, and they decided last week that they were going to run seventy percent of the time. You barely saw any targets in that game for Swift last week, and he got thirty three carries. Like if I'd imagine, he's not that's not a one week thing. He's probably going to try to put it in his belly over and over again. That gets harder to do when you're not in a neutral game script, which kind of happened last week. Surprisingly, we don't think that that's what's happening here. So probably. More pass to Boyle, thinking and dunking. Yeah. But, uh, I think some, like, the good – the best options here, like, for the attacking that passing game would be, like, unders on, like, the wide receivers. receivers. Uh, because those will still come in at, like, normal-ish numbers uh, and kind of trying to figure out who Tim Boyle is and who he likes to target uh, and trying to attack those, like, the opposites of those guys could be good. Yeah. So I, I Especially with, yet, but maybe soon. Yeah, probably looking at the right wide receivers with the deeper A dots as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine Tim Boyle just coming in and driving the ball down the field. So yeah. All right, uh, question time. We got some from um, Twitter, and then uh, again, continue to fire off in the chat. Let us know. I'm gonna try to pop them here in our chat so I can pop them on the screen. Hopefully, this works. Um, you can put them on, on. You can put them on. Oh, yeah, I guess you can comment in our own chat and then post yourself. This is from the uh, awful gambler. Seems each week uh, some key players get rolled out very late in the week. How do you handle capping games and game theory with the uncertainty? Uh, yeah, Connor, you want to speak to that? I know that we've started to um, – I, in Discord, I know you're pretty active on Sunday morning trying to react to some breaking news and, and oh, yeah. some, some unders I, that you can catch. 
I think that's actually one of the biggest edges still left, honestly. Uh, so like today, uh, I mean, this is a great example. So today, Amari Cooper was ruled out. There was a good five minutes where Michael Gallup's receiving lines were still up at 40 and a half on points bet. Uh, and so I've set an alert in our Discord saying like, hey, hit this over. Because I know like DK and FanDuel removed it within like 10 seconds. Like they – they also have the Fantasy Life app notifications or whatever they're using <laughs> and are very clearly just sitting on their computer, just like, you know, click the button. All the, all the lines are off and locked. But points bet, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they left it up there for a good five, six minutes. And so, you know, you're able to get the over on that and, and for enough time to me to put the notification out, bet it myself and for a lot of our subs to still get it. So, like, but then just even on game days, like, I think being able to take advantage of if a starter's out hitting a backup running backs overs or just like, that's the absolute best. You should be putting like two to three units on that uh, because those are always like the worst lines. Receivers, I think you can still go like one unit, like for an example I discussed. Points bet moved it before they took it down. Yeah, I mean, they're, just, they're asleep at the wheel. Like they just weren't paying attention then. Because Connor got 40 and a half. I got 42 and a half a uh, minute, minute and a half later. And then a, a couple of minutes later, it was off. Yeah. So like – uh, yeah, thank you, points bad. So you know, understanding what you have access to, and obviously, you want to have access to as many books as possible. And I know that that's not necessarily reasonable for everyone, but I would say, you know, if you have a preferred book, I get it. Go there first, or you know, even if you have more in one book, like I would take it and split it at some places to just to have the optionality of being able to get down. There are things that, uh, you know, vary from book to book. And then in this instance, it matters even more because this is the difference between getting a bet down and not getting a bet down. If you just said, you know, I'm in a state that has five books. If I just said, I'm just using FanDuel and DraftKings, I don't get the Gallup number. But we know that points bet is slower than those two books. Um, thank you, yeah. points bet. I know you're not watching, but if you are, um, I don't happen to be in a state with win bet. Hopefully win bet is uh, – well, hopefully WinBet is doing whatever they need to do. But if they are slow, let's act accordingly yeah. and be able to move fast. So, like, yeah, as much as you can, you know, have little sprinkles in different places so that you can get some action out. Last bit for me here on this. So there's, like, rankings in terms of what books move the slowest. Generally, it's, like, DK, FanDuel, the top move fastest. And then there's, like, a, a lot of really – like, it gets worse and worse from there. Points bet is one of the slowest. I think BetMGM is pretty slow. Uh, Fox bet is really slow. Um, but then beyond that, uh, there's like local bookies, like are like, you know, price per head shops and like those kinds of things, which are, you know, very common. A lot of people bet on not legal states, like those, like on game days are just absolute bonanzas. Cause they, those guys, they're like people in Costa Rica who are just not even, don't even watch the game. Like they don't understand what's even going on. So setting the line. So that's like, if you really can't get down on anywhere else, like that's where to get the money down on. Good stuff. All right, let's see here. Some love for Prop Stars. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Load Meister. What's a good name? Uh, what's the know? Do you and AP discuss props when you are in the garden? <laughs> I mean, always in the garden pregame, right? That's right. Yeah, the facts of life are discussed in the garden. It could be anything <laughs> from, yeah, props to, yeah, life. just current events life we just go in there and meditate it's just a stream of consciousness everybody's welcome to just present whatever uh, information or argument you'd like it's a very um, inclusive environment any good garden should be love it uh next question uh cleveland has cleveland had a running back go below their rushing total at all this season be curious to see that number i mean probably uh without back testing it but i, I get the point i think it's a nice it's a nice number this week um Definitely on that in a strong, strong way. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, just to jump on what you said, just uh, just the, based on the research on Chubb, he went under one time this season. Uh, I guess it was the 82-yard number. I'm not sure what. Uh, I think he had a 64-yard game mixed in there. So, yeah, I would imagine that game um, he was held under his rushing total. But, yeah, obviously Cleveland is just – they run the football as much as any team in the NFL. Uh, they have an absolutely phenomenal um, – run blocking line or just O-line period. Uh, we've seen Dearness Johnson f- flash a ton. I think he is uh, 
definitely a quality backup running back at the very least, probably could be a starter for a lot of teams. Uh, yeah, we know Kareem Hunt is obviously a very good running back as well. But yeah, even if you take Nick Chubb away from this offensive line, I just want to reiterate that all the advanced stats and metrics, and I think the eye test would agree with this as well. This guy is an elite running back, and then you get to pair him with arguably the best run blocking line in football. And, and we just see uh, just, yeah, frankly, the most dominant uh, running team in the NFL. So yeah, it's pretty cool to watch. There's, I think there's also, like you, you noted, that um, some, like, you know, whatever, he's gone over his line a certain, like, number of times. I think that, like, with that kind of research that it's a little bit uh, tough to gauge because of it's, like, what did you get the line at, whether it's closing line or what it's not at. A lot of times people are like, oh, well, that's factored into the line, you know, because of X. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, the closing line is shaped by the market. And if the market is getting down in a number like Chubb 82 and then the market closes at like 95 or 92, you know, like that's a lot different. And so like, obviously your, your holistic trends are going to look a lot different, you know, using those numbers than what we got it at uh, earlier. So I, that, that's I, a I would just be careful with, for just for the, for the group. Cause I know that there are some smart people who've done that kind of analysis. And I think that some of it's not always foolproof. Yeah. That's we've been point. working on, we're talking about doing some of that in the back end to like validate, projections and things like that but that's that's kind of the crux of the discussion right is yeah. like is it when it opens and when it closes same thing our projections will shift based off of you know news that comes in you know our projections are obviously they're always being updated i mean they you see time stamped uh, on the site when they're updated last. So like it's, it's, it is a fluid discussion. I also just want to point out too, I know a lot of people, you know, track their own bets and, and track the results here. Uh, one thing that I've started doing, I think is really beneficial that anybody could take advantage of and benefit from is uh, tracking the closing line value of a bet as well. It's going to serve as like a really good, uh, you know, indication to where you're at in the market. If your instincts are correct or yeah, if you're, if you're finding, uh, you know, potential value, uh, that's a great indicator where the line ultimately ends up closing. So yeah, if you're tracking your bets, uh, yeah, I would say to look at closing line value is definitely something you want to uh, keep track of. And you can learn a lot from uh, both about yourself as a better and yeah, just a number of things. Uh, that's a great point. I'm going to be a company man real quick. We're, gonna, we're, we're working on it to get in the prop space, but over on BetSperts, you can download the BetSperts app to track your bets. BetSperts actually, as far as sides and totals go, not only tracks your bets, but it tracks your closing line value um, on there too. So you can see what percentage of the time you beat the closing line, which is super helpful too. Um, I know Connor doesn't value closing lines, but uh, you know, in the marketplace, it is something. Do, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, he does, but yeah, it, that's a cool thing too. We're implementing uh, props there soon. I hope um, probably not this season, but by next season for sure. But it's a great place where you can go on and track your bets and. Uh, get all of that done for you where you don't have to to do if you're not a big fancy spreadsheet guy that is uh, a nice thing to uh tell my man dan dan i love you shout out dan yeah. dan shout out dan go work on your calves buddy um, there he is right on cue look at that yeah, yeah. love it <laughs> gets great closing money value. thanks dan you know tell connor have you seen my stand. closing line value dan come on man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to answer this because your name's kind of cool. A Nuna. <laughs> what show are you watching? Yeah. I need help ASAP. Please, Pittman and Ingram for, for JJ. JJ. I don't know who JJ is. JJ Taylor, probably, right? JJ Justin Taylor. Jefferson. Like Jared Patterson. JJ Taylor. Justin I think it's Jared Patterson, actually. <laughs> I think it is Jared Patterson. Yeah, Connor, Connor just pulled off a mega blockbuster. <laughs> For Jared Patterson yeah. in his fantasy league, he mortgaged a lot of future dynasty picks, and yeah, he made a, made a massive, massive push to acquire Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson. I mean, that's, that's Big time. I, I, I forgive you, forgive me, Connor, for shorting the Washington football team this week because I know that that's that's bad for JJ or for you know, your boy Ben Patterson. Uh, I imagine he'll have a big game here against the, uh, oh, the Panthers. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I I don't know anything about your league. Settings, roster construct, what you're – it's so hard to answer those questions when people, like, ask you. It's like, yeah, there's and he so needs many to know things now. you need to it's know. Friday okay. night. Urgent. And the, the trade is going to be rescinded if it's not accepted in the next Dude, just, just accept it. Like, who cares? You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just accept it, dude, just for the F of it. ERBs, it's fine. You're fine. All right. We got, we got some other ones up here if we scroll up. Oh, yeah, we got some other ones. I uh, – 
Don't, don't rush me, Connor. <laughs> um, all right. JDM, uh, a couple questions. First, I want to know about Connor's boy, Tua, uh, completions and attempts this week. We have – I don't know what his numbers are in the marketplace. We have Tua – uh, 23 completions on 36 and a half attempts. Um, anyone have that number? Uh, I have a take on this. If, or go ahead, Connor. Go for it. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, no, I, I gave this out in my article play. Uh, I absolutely love this over 33 and a half. Um, uh, for two over 33 and a half passing attempts. I know the number is now up to uh, 35 and a half, uh, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it just seems the books are not accounting for how much this this Dolphins team and Tua is wanting to throw the ball. Uh, yeah, they've become a high volume passing offense. Obviously, we did not see that whatsoever really last year. This season, uh, completely different. Uh, it's been like a seismic shift in philosophy, and Tua is throwing the ball quite a bit. I know he's gone over in three of his four full games that he's played. He's averaging, I think, over 38 passing attempts per game in those games, uh, just relying on a lot of short area uh, completions to the running backs, to the tight ends. Wide receivers are running a lot of routes close to the line of scrimmage. He is just dinking and dunking a lot. He also gets a Jets defense that ranks bottom last uh, pass defensive DVOA. So it's obviously a super advantageous plus matchup. I do expect him to just, yeah, pass the ball a lot. Miles Gaskin is not an effective running back. Uh, they lack the personnel uh, to run the ball uh, effectively, in my opinion. So, yeah, I just expect Tua to continue to just rely on that short passing game uh, that's been success- relatively successful for Miami, and they should have plenty of opportunities versus a really bad Jets defense. Good takes. Yeah, Connor, anything to add to that? I'm guessing nope. you probably uh, – that was great. I know other smart people also play the 33 and a half, and I looked at it, and I thought that it was a good bet. I just didn't didn't react, so. Uh, the other part of uh, JDM's question is on Josiah Teguera, over 12 and a half yards. No strong take. Our projections are 15 yards for Teguera. I don't have any uh, any leans. Do you gentlemen have a lean there? Uh, he played. I mean, he played the most snaps he has all season, 34%. He saw three targets last week. Uh, I mean, it's kind of tough for me to disagree. with. Maybe he's ascending. You know, I guess that's a proper word. Uh, it's tough for me to love the over there, uh, but it's definitely also hard for me to like the under because, you know, I would have normally liked an under on a guy named Josiah DeGuerra, uh, you know, at anything, but uh, I mean, he's playing more, so I can't really take it. Mercedes Cook or Mercedes Lewis looks cooked as well. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like 38 years old or something. <laughs> uh, Dan, I'm sorry. Your calves are beautiful. Um, you're a beautiful man, and we love you and appreciate you. Genuinely, you're fantastic. So thank you, Dan, for. Uh, all you do for us uh, at the 4 for 4 team. Josh wants to know about Tyrod Taylor under 237 yards. This sounds like an appetite that you would have here, Connor. Is there uh, some love in the uh, Tyrod short market? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of into it. My, a lot of The issue is, though, is a lot of this, like this category of like bad quarterbacks unders also has to be against a defense that I think is like really good. So like the Titans defense has been much better than they were earlier in the season, but – I'm not sure that I would qualify them as like a really good squad. We got we got the cat in here again. Let's yeah. go. This is this is Margo. Oh, Margo. Okay. Um, well, Why is the that... carpet wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Margo. <laughs> I, I so yeah, I would like the under on Tyrod. To be honest, I think I think Tyrod at two thirty-seven. I mean, that seems like a lot. Uh, just to be, to be honest, but we got a negative right game script. Uh, I, I would lean under. Titans have a pretty ferocious pass rush. I know the secondary uh, have been playing poorly, but they've been playing better, uh, a lot yeah. better, actually, recently. Um, they're getting healthier. And, yeah, the, their front is pretty tenacious. The defense has actually, I think, made some pretty significant strides over the last few weeks as well. So, yeah, I'd lean over, under on that as well. Still not buying it with the Titans. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> they're such a puzzling team. We talked about it on Wednesday. They're 8-2. and two. They played the toughest schedule in the league. They have cupcakes remaining on the schedule. I don't know. Um, Pats minus three next week, though. Look aheads, go grab that. Um, Pats beat them next week. Uh, Josh wants to know does that qual- it does qualify as a Connor special? I think it's a perfect <laughs> bet, Josh. So, good job. Um, let's see, we got a uh, three parter here from AP Picks. Uh, first question Would you rather play, uh, rather a player destroy his over or have a sweat free under? 
Connor, sweat for your under? Uh, no, I think that I bet a lot of unders because their sweat for your unders are great, but there is nothing better than watching a player just demolish his over. Like, you feel like an absolute king when you call that. Like, that. there's nothing better than hitting an over, in my opinion. There, yeah. there are many sweat free unders. That's the premise of the under. Uh, even like, I, I had Kyle Pitts's under, and you, you know, you'd think on, on surface that would be like one of the most sweat free unders. Even with two minutes left in the game, Patriots pitching a shutout, like, I was still sweating Josh Rosen throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts. Like, there is no such thing really as a sweat free under even in like some of the most, you know, uh, really good spots. And yeah, like you guys both said and Connor said, when you have an over, I I called DK Metcalf earlier this season and he had it, I think on the first drive. uh, Yeah. Just to catch a 70 yard touchdown bomb, that feeling there's few that compare to winning a bet in that fashion that early, you know, two minutes into the game. So yeah, I love unders. I know Connor really loves unders. They are really, uh, you know, profitable plus EV. Yeah. Just crushing and over very yeah. fast that is i think one of the ultimate uh you know feelings. what you know what i thought was a sweat for you under uh davis mills with 90 passing yards during the fourth quarter i also thought that deontay johnson under 73 and a half receiving yards with 30 receiving regulation. yards and, and regulation was a sweat for you under you know like these are things that i was not even didn't even think were possible at that point <laughs> uh and just i lost so, I also yeah. thought Ricky Seals Jones over Ricky, three and a half Jones catch. Yeah. Like, three at the half was a sweat free yeah, over. There's like oh. six minutes left in the half. Like, like I was like, oh, oh we're going to have like six catches. This is nothing. This is easy. Oh. It was a half yard short of the yardage. Oh, that was brutal. That's right. Uh, I almost doubled down. I was very close to doubling down. And I, uh, I'm so glad I didn't because I would have been up. That was heartbreaking. Even more. I had a multi-unit play last week, one of my only ones of the season on Deon, uh, DeAndre Swift combined yardage, and I was over with like – he went over with like 10 seconds into the second half. I, I saw like, that you uh, had that 80, 88 and a half yards, right? Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I had his rushing total, which or his rushing attempts, which was nice. I was, yeah. <laughs> should have points bet that bad boy. I wish <laughs> I did, yeah. I wish I made that like a two-unit play. Uh, let's see. Uh, AP picks uh, – Next question, Baker Mayfield under 27 and a half passing attempts. I mean, off the top without looking at it, that feels pretty good. Uh, Alex laid out some of the you know injury issues going on there. We're obviously bullish on Chubb and the game script there that leads to a run-heavy situation. We have him uh, a little bit above that, but uh, anyone have a lean there? Yeah, I'd personally lean under in that spot. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do know in scenarios where the Browns win, coupled with when the Browns are heavily favorited, uh, his passing attempts uh, are drastically lower on a per game average uh, compared to you know neutral uh, game scripts or, or or games where the Browns are underdogs or you know they're competitive. But yeah, in scenarios specifically where the Browns are like a touchdown or more favorite uh baker does not throw the ball a lot uh yeah i anticipate them just running all over the lions he won't need to throw the ball a lot so yeah i absolutely actually like this under quite a bit uh it is a low number i do think that is being factored into the number so i don't want to say it's you know it's obviously not a play i'm making right now uh but yeah i would definitely uh lean under on it for sure all right uh connor any thoughts there no we see what else we got here. And the third part of it is uh, Daniel Jones, over 242.5 passing yards, Monday night's game against the Buccaneers. Obviously a pass funnel spot there. We have Daniel Jones projected at 247.5, uh, not a bettable edge for me. But, again, if the receiving crew starts to get healthy, you know, there's some reports that Sterling Shepard was at practice today. Uh, looks like Gallaudet should be back. They had a bye. Hopefully Darius Tony is fine. They're starting to get healthy. Saquon's back in the mix. Um, so you can sell me on a Danny Jones over there. Do either of you gentlemen have a lean on that one? Uh, I, I agree with your take, yeah. But I would caution that the Tampa Bay secondary, while they were just absolutely uh, just you know abysmal in the first five, six weeks of the season, they have played a lot better recently. Uh, it isn't a large sample size, but yeah, I think they were you know a, a matchup that was worth really targeting uh, for opposing quarterbacks and yardage totals. But yeah, this Bucks defense has definitely uh, kind of found their stride a little bit, playing a lot better over the past four weeks or so. Yeah, starting to get healthy. That'll be an interesting one. Feels feels like a, a 
not a bettable edge per se. Uh, let's see. Jimmy G, longest completion over 37 and a half yards. Uh, also, we get minus 120. I'm guessing it was that bad. And then also thoughts on when or if Trey Lance starts a game this year. 37 and a half feels like a, a big one. I know that Alex is on the over at 24 and a half for Debo, but I would like a 37 and a half yard completion feels pretty rich um, and hard to kind of get a feel for either of you have a lean on that. No, I mean, I, I guess it, like it has to be Debo. I think that if you're going to play the over, I'd rather just play Debo's over because, I mean, who else is going to get there? I mean, Kittle, sure. Kittle maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I guess Ayuk potentially, but it's – I don't know. They're all – they run a lot of like middle – like they just don't run a lot of like deep routes. Like I, I mean, like they run a lot of like, you know, short and middle of the field routes and like – I mean that that puts him more in like the twenty-ish range. Like I think that, that like Debo is like a good bet to. I think all of them are good bet to get like a twenty-yard catch. But forty is like I mean they need to they needed something deeper, you know, break a bunch of tackles. Yeah, I, I'm guessing the minus one twenty part on the question is the price there, which at that point like just bet the just bet the Debo one for you know twelve thirteen yards fewer there. It feels like the, the yeah. smarter play. Uh, let's see our buddy GF sports trading. Any thoughts on Najee Harris feels like the rushing yards is too obvious. I will say that we have seen, um, a shift the last couple weeks with the chargers, uh, as far as their desire to stop the run coming out of the bye, they have been a little bit more willing to throw, you know, seven guys in the box and, uh, try to do that. Obviously, you know, Harris has a pretty high number. I don't know what it is off the top of my head here. You can find it. But I know it's – I think it's in the high 80s or 90s. Um, you guys have a lean on Harris here in this matchup on Sunday night against the Chargers. Yeah, I personally am not sure that um, – I can see a scenario where San Diego – or excuse me, Los Angeles um, – Kind of puts Pittsburgh or yeah, Pittsburgh's in a little bit of a hole versus this Chargers offense. And yeah, I, I know that they've been a balanced team, but we did see early in the season Pittsburgh, you know, somewhat abandoning the run a little bit in, in scenarios where they were trailing. Um, so yeah, I know this game projects to be somewhat competitive, but yeah, I'm not sure that this is a spot where I really want to back Najee. I know it isn't obviously a good matchup on paper, but I would agree the Chargers are making some adjustments. I do think it is a large number for Najee. So, yeah, I uh, I would lean over, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on it just because I do think that uh, I, I could see a couple scenarios where the Chargers, you know, kind of force Pittsburgh to have to throw the ball, uh, particularly if Mason Rudolph is under center. Like it. Uh, Gronk, under 29.5 receiving yards for Gronk, who is trending as active here. Um, be interesting to see if he is fully unleashed. Again, still another week without Antonio Brown. Uh, either of you gentlemen have a lean on Gronk? Nope. I haven't I, looked at him yet. I'm out on betting against or for Gronk until the playoffs, and in which case I'll be betting for Gronk. But. <laughs> I just don't know when he's going to show up or when they're going to decide it's time for him to be him, and that we just don't know that. So, and especially going to be way too high or way too low. And his first week back to you know just having a bit of a layoff, yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, we have him at thirty-nine yards, but I think that's probably fairly generous. And uh, yeah, stay away from me. I don't think it's a necessary chase. I'm going to try to do this. Let's see if this works. Uh, this has been asked. People would like us to kind of put a summary at the end. Um, see if I can post this here and see if it shows. It's not. It's going to be very. Um, oh, yeah, that's not going to be good. Yeah, it's not going to be need, good. We need banners. That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Just just know that it's multiple Jarrett Patterson plays all over. We're <laughs> all at, the Jarrett Patterson plays. Yeah. All lines. Yeah. I mean, he's even potentially the the emergency quarterback. We could see him getting some reps. <laughs> Um, you yeah, know, over half a passing yard is I mean, <laughs> my favorite bet of the week. Yeah, just empty the clip on Patterson uh, anywhere you could find it. Just get it in there. Uh, sorry, I tried to do something different. Maybe we'll try it next week with a banner. Um, worth trying. We do have a couple minutes left, though, and it is time for the prop tool pick of the week from producer Sal, who just continues to print. Uh, we should 
sometimes we laugh when it pops up, and really what we should all be doing is immediately tailing. So, Sal, hit us with the player prop tool bet of the week. All righty, here we oh, go. man. I really thought about playing this. I did too, actually. Uh, yeah. Marcus Johnson, uh, now in a bigger role here for the Titans, over 34.5 receiving yards on DraftKings, available at minus 110. Our projection for Marcus is 46.2 yards. It's a nice value there. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of a big play guy, bigger guy. We've seen that. He's just a guy that pops for his team and then gets cut and released eventually. I don't know. Like, had a couple of nice games for the you know, Colts last year, early in the season. Um, Connor, you said you were thinking about playing it. Uh, kick us yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, he, he has like, he started like three games and whenever he's played over 60% of the snaps, he's basically been like, he saw like five or six targets and all of those. He just went off for like five for a hundred last week. Um, and now again, no Julio, good matchup. Uh, I mean, 34 and a half is definitely too low. You know, my biggest concern was that like they just weren't going to be throwing enough. But you know, I just think there's a lot of variance with with a play like that on like the over of a guy that's 27 years old, career journeyman. Like, I mean, you're not betting on a guy who's good. Like, he's just pretty much shown that he's like just a guy the entire his entire career, if not less than that. So, yeah. So for me, it was kind of stay away. But I, again, I think that it, I think it's a good bet. I just I couldn't pull the trigger myself. Ran a route on 63% of the team dropbacks last week. Was targeted on 28% of those routes run. That is very healthy usage for a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere. Um, yeah, Alex, any thoughts here? Uh, yeah, no, I would just agree with Connor. It does obviously seem like a very plus matchup. Liked what I saw last week. Houston's definitely susceptible to uh, allowing a lot of big plays. So, yeah, I think this is solid. The reality is, is if we're on the fan tier, Connor, and we both kind of were earlier, and Sal puts it here, and Sal's been winning. We should probably bet it. Winning big. Yeah. Consistently. I think maybe Sal has, like, maybe two losses all year here. He maybe. has the hardest ROI on the show. Yeah, Sal messages us every Sunday and is like, Let's just know. At, like, like, halftime, though. Yeah. Because it, like, it cashes every week at halftime. He's barely sweating his <laughs> out. We should have turned to Sal. Do you want to have an over or an under that you don't have to sweat? Like Sal's <laughs> the only one that has a really good feel for what that uh, what that looks like. So uh, easy dubs, easy game for Sal. So uh, if you were watching for the first time, looking at this player prop tool, uh, this is available with a subscription over at 4 for 4. Uh, again, uh, we have cut our price drastically. We're going to have something looking very similar here for the NBA season very soon. This runs with our projections here. Uh, to give you an understanding of where the value is. You can see, you can select your states. You can select the book, um, all the stats that you want to display. If you happen to have um, some alt lines or something that's maybe on an offshore or uh, you got a bookie like Connor who shakes you down every week and gives you different numbers, you can prop it in here uh, and see if you're still getting any value online. Um, great, great tool. Again, 444.com slash plans. You want to definitely check that out. And again, NBA coming soon, and we're going to have one of these bad boys just like this. So awesome stuff. As always, fellas, I appreciate it very much. Uh, continue to uh, continue to print. Um, I'm going to have to chase this Marcus Johnson stuff because Sal is just kicking butt, man. Yeah, he's teasing us. Printing. So, uh, all right. Anyone else have anything else for the folks before we wrap it up? Appreciate all you viewers. You guys are the best. We love you. Keep the questions coming. The more, the merrier. Jared Patterson's going to have a monster, monster game. It's Jared Patterson season. <laughs> if, I swear, if Jared Patterson blows up and has 22 yards this week, I'm getting a jersey. I know they're available. They're, they got to be available at NFLShop.com. Like, they just – wasn't George L. Patterson on Washington at some point? We can just recycle that. <laughs> the wow. next time a Jared Patterson prop like drops, I'm just going to bet the over just out of uh, automatically. You know, yeah, auto over. You should uh, reach out to points bet because they'll you know you can create your own prop. See what they see what they set. Give me Jared Patterson rushing yards. I'm looking for those alt lines. It'd be good for the brand, Connor. We can share it on social. You know, just look yeah, at those every week. Numbers. Every week. 
You're the Jarrett Patterson guy now. <laughs> Not sure how my brand developed into high nudes and Jarrett Patterson, but here we are. Tough place to be. So, uh, like Alex said, we really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us again. Don't forget to uh, subscribe so you don't miss a show. You can still check out Wednesday's episode if you want to get game by game breakdowns, where we talked uh, just about all those other betting sides and totals pieces. Uh, good time there as always. With uh, we had Matthew Freeman on this week, uh, but we will be back in the same spot next week again. Holiday week, but pff, still props, still props to bet. So. Uh, we'll have some prop articles, probably some stuff earlier in our Discord. I'm sure Alex will have some stuff fired off of you as well. I uh, hope you have a terrific Thanksgiving holiday, food, family, and football. Um, if you hate your family, enjoy the food and some football. And uh, Connor, Alex, and I will be back next week to do it all again. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs>